Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. What's going on, Fantasy Champs? Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, rookie mini camps. My name is Morgan Colby, by the way. I got Rick Lemon with me, as always, somewhere on the screen. What's up? Uh, I'm somewhere. Rookie mini camps are fully underway, I think. Some of them have ended. Um, yeah, some of them ended. They're I didn't only, even know they started. They're only three days long, so it's not. Oh, well. so, I saw a picture of Tyquan Thornton in a Patriots uniform, so that's good. Man, you are deep into the Patriot rabbit hole on Twitter. I didn't even see uh, that. The Patriots Instagram account posted it. It's not really okay. Never much. mind. Maybe I'm not deep <laughs> enough. Uh, media is not allowed in the uh, rookie mi- uh, mini camps, at least for the Patriots. I don't know if that's a normal thing, but anyway, I saw um, Kenny Pickett. You saw Pickett? Yeah, he. Looks, I did. He Wearing looks both good. gloves. He looks good. Throwing the football. Oh, okay. All right, that's different. Is it to extend his tiny hand? I think so. <laughs> Where did they even tweet it? Instagram. I'm for it. Oh, maybe that's why. I mean, I don't even know if they tweeted it or not, but Instagram, my guy. Um. Anyway, yeah, he looks like he's gonna get blown away in the breeze. No. Tyquan Thornton. He looks slightly larger, actually, muscle mass wise, than Devon Smith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that's okay. But anyway, yeah, OTAs are gonna start, and uh, believe it or not. Uh, we're we're just around a month away from uh, training camp. That's a lie. Two months away from training camp. I got myself real excited there. It's like a month away. Wow. No, it's not. Unfortunately, two two and a half months away. But we have plenty of time to break down uh, redraft. Now that we kind of have a picture of the entire landscape of mm-hmm. the uh of the NFL at this point and what teams are going to look like. There's still some guys out there that still haven't signed. Um Jarvis Landry did go to the Saints. So there's yeah. that which the Chris Olave takes kind of taking it. his opportunity away. right away. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, that's but, not good. But uh, anyway, we still got Julio and Odell on the market as far as wide receivers are concerned outside of that no one else really exists besides Antonio Brown. Who, Go fuller, bro. Yeah, Antonio Brown, who tweeted that he wants to retire a Steeler, but he never wants to play another game for them. So there's that. Yeah. He's definitely going to retire a Steeler with that attitude. Yep. So uh, anyway, I don't know if he's ever going to play in the NFL again. Um, but yeah, I think the two main guys are Julio Jones and uh, Odell. I think those two guys would shake up receiver situations and change opinions. But outside of that... Unless there's any major news as in regards to uh, Deshaun Watson, I think we're pretty set. Um, so we're going to go through in the next, what is it, three and a half, four months, uh, and talk about. I it does. I see. I say that, and it sounds really long. It does sound really long. I guess three. Yeah, it's three and a half months. Not less than that. Two and a half, right? Because September would be when we draft. Yes. So that's yeah, that's two and a half. I I got a little overzealous. So we're getting closer. But anyway, um, it's three and a half. We're going to go through uh, the. We're going to start breaking down redraft 
and and what you need to do to prepare for your your redraft leagues as we grow closer to the month of August and draft month. Yep. Um so we have we have a long ways to go before the season starts, but this is where things get really interesting at least for us cuz we're redraft guys. We love we love dynasty. Dynasty's fun. Mm. But dynasty kind of it never ends, but it kind of slows down to a relentlessly slow turtle pace. Uh right after the NFL draft and the rookie draft is over. So I've kind of yeah. just fallen asleep in my rookie leagues. I mean, I'm in my dynasty leagues, but anyway, so today in the first episode that we really are going to do for redraft, uh, after all of this dynasty content that we've been doing is our top five second year running backs. So we're going to talk about a bunch of different second year guys, but we're going to rank the top five guys that you should be keeping an eye on going into the 2022 season. Uh, before we do that, check our website, fantasychampions.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any other podcast platforms, please leave a review. Share this podcast with your friends. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe. Click the bell for notifications, like, and comment down below any questions you may or may not have pertaining to this episode. Yeah, like, why isn't Michael Carter number one? For a On the Jets. If that's an actual question, I'm just going to link people to a video of the Jets draft selection. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good idea. <laughs> that's all they need to know. Um, all right, you want to do top five second-year running backs, my guy? Let's do it. All right, so obviously we have um, a bunch of guys that are on this list. Um, people like Travis Etienne, Ramondi Stevenson, uh, Elijah Mitchell, Javante Williams, Najah Harris, Michael Carter. Um, is there any other rookie, um, second year running backs that come to mind for you? Not really. I mean, I was I had a list earlier, and um, it, there's a there's a big drop off. Let's just say after those guys. Yeah, it's those are really the top six. It don't look too good. No, Kenneth Gainwell maybe. He's the oh, only other that's guy. That's true. That's act- yeah. I'd actually take that guy over. Um, what's his name? Uh, Michael Carter. Yeah, I, I think I might too. Um, but yeah, so there's a there's a couple of different guys. I'm gonna write. I'm gonna actually gonna write all the guys that we think of down here. But anyway, and then after that, it's Trey Sermon. So <laughs> it's yeah, really those six seven guys. Um. So yeah. We're going to rank the top five. I think the top five for people, at least who's in them, should be self-explanatory. Um, yes. At least we feel that way. Maybe people like Michael Carter a lot more than most, and now we just gave it away that he's not on the list. <laughs> but anyway. Okay. Uh, so let's start off with the number one guy, and probably the most obvious in the top five second-year running back list is Najah Harris. Um, tell us why Najah Harris is number one and shouldn't really be considered anywhere else in this list. Yeah. I mean, he's last year was a top five back in fantasy. Um, he had 307 carries, uh, to go with 74 receptions. That is 74 touches, um, or over 74 touches. Sorry. That's a quick math here. 81 to 381 touches. So, to put that in perspective, I remember last year we were talking about uh, Najee Harris is going into his rookie year, and we were like, he could potentially see 300 touches. Yeah, I mean, if he can do that, that's insane. Mm-hmm. And he did that plus 81. 
So that's insane. And he's the clear workhorse. Mike Tomlin has talked before that he likes having a workhorse back. Yeah. Uh, In years past, it was Le'Veon Bell. Uh, It was James Conner for a time before he was getting hurt all the time. And now it's Najee Harris. He is going to get an insane workload. People argue that the Steelers might not be um, a great offense, but last year they weren't either (laughs) with Big Ben. They were an okay offense. Right. Um, And Najee was still able to produce and have a top five, top six season. So uh, I don't see that really changing. Uh, It might hurt his ceiling for being an RB one yeah, because like the overall RB one in fantasy, just because of uh, the offense, but with the touches he's going to get, it doesn't matter. He's going to be an RB one. He's right. going to be a top five, top six back again. And um, it's an easy, easy top choice. Yeah. Um, I was trying to pull up his uh, ADP right now, but I'm trying to set, I can't even remember who, uh, what a roster looks like in fantasy football. That's a, that's a problem. That is wow. Cause I, oh, I set this up tough. for rookie drafts. There we go. All right. So <laughs> currently Naja Harris is going off the board as the 10th player and 10th player, sixth running back off the board. Mm. This is interesting. We're going to on Thursday, talk about um, some early ADP that we've been getting from sleeper and this is with people actually drafting now so uh we'll break some of that down on thursday very interesting information but right now his adp is 10.1 so he is the 10th player which i think is freaking highway robbery now the question here to me is moving forward into 2022 because what we do is you know predict and analyze um no big ben which you know whether Pickett or mitch starts right you could make an argument that whichever one plays, they're going to be a better quarterback right now than Big Ben was last year. It would have to have – I mean, if Pickett plays, I could see maybe statistically Pickett is worse, but it's not going to be like a huge difference. No. The the thing I'm more concerned about is that I, I think Mitch will play. I think Mitch will end up getting at least some starts. Uh, Mm -hmm. Unless this is like last summer's Jones, Cam Newton um, fight. So I I would say that Mitch is going to play, which I think would be at least somewhat better for Pittsburgh than having Ben. The only thing I'm concerned about with either one of these quarterbacks starting is efficiency. Like Big Ben couldn't really throw too far and he wasn't super great statistically last year but he knows how to run but he he knows how to run yes pittsburgh's offense yes and he does it efficiently and that's why pittsburgh was able to win more games than people anticipated so does the offensive efficiency of the pittsburgh steelers decrease now that we they don't have big ben and does that in turn hurt Najee? yeah i mean i could see that but again is it gonna hurt him to the point where mm-hmm. he sucks if he's getting 350 touches. No, he's still going to get 350 touches. <laughs> right. That's not Which it all comes back down to that. So, I mean, sure. and the the big, um, the big thing too is that last year he was he wasn't efficient really at all in my opinion. No, rushing the ball. I mean, he had 1200 yards, 1600 all-purpose yards and 10 touchdowns on the season. Um, which is still pretty good fantasy point per opportunity, 7 0.75. So, it's not great, but it's good, especially with the load that he was getting. Um, 
but he was only averaging 6.3 yards per reception, which is 27th among running, among running backs. Um, his yards per carry total was his true yards per carry total was 3.8, um, which is 53rd among running backs, and his yards per touch total was 4.4, which is 41 among running backs. So, and I mean. Do those change? I don't really think so because Pittsburgh does one thing well, <laughs> and that's run the ball. Um, but he also, I'll point out, he had 106 evaded tackles, number two in the league among running backs. So hmm. that goes to show you that that offensive line was garbage, and he was trying so yeah. hard. You give him a good offensive line, I think he's going to be really good. Um, but either way, I mean, he already is really good. But either way, I think with the opportunity that he gets, I I don't see him really decreasing. Like if he if he if that offense somehow gets better this year. Right. Well then that changes the conversation too. Like he's in the conversation for top three, maybe number one. Yeah. I and now I don't see the offense being good enough where he is no, that, no, but it is a possibility. It would it would have to be uh Mitch Trubisky Ryan Tannehill on the Titans for the first year where he just all right. of a sudden goes to a new team and is insane or not insane, but is actually a good, really good starting caliber quarterback. Um, or Kenny Pickett comes in and um, Has ends up being Jones a great season. rookie. Yeah. Yeah. And the offensive line too. So, but it is a possibility. It's also a possibility that the other happens and, but either way, his range of outcomes is no lower than like RB. Like yeah, if you're taking a low end RB one, right? If you're taking him you off the board in a twelve team at pick ten, um, as the sixth or seventh running back off the board, yeah, I mean, that's, that's totally fine. That's totally <laughs> fine. Yeah, yeah, if I'm the seventh team in a draft or the eighth team, and I have Najee on the board, I'm taking him. Mm-hmm. Jeez, if I was five or six, I might consider taking him. Yeah. So, yeah, Najee, Najee got to be the number one. He's not really. Uh, <laughs> not really a debate. Yeah, it's not really a debate. If 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 they're not not that people are debating uh a rankings for second year running backs, but anyway. <laughs> um True. number two is Javante Williams, Denver Broncos. Uh last year he was very efficient with the opportunities that he was getting. Um and uh, in case you didn't notice, the Denver Broncos made a lot of changes this offseason uh to their team. Uh, i.e. adding a one Russell Wilson to the team. I, I almost yeah, said, that I almost said Javante Williams. He did not add <laughs> Javante Williams last this offseason. New player Javante Williams. Um no, but they added Russell Wilson, which makes a massive difference to this roster. And they already had some receivers. We're still trying to figure out what's going on with Jerry Judy, but they still had some receivers that can pull some of the pressure off Javante. They have a good offensive line. Everything kind of lines up for Javante, but there's one glaring concern that remains. And that is that I believe Melvin Gordon came back. He did. Um, yep. So the question is, I know Rick and I had some hot opinions and takes on Javante. Do those change for you now that, that we know Melvin is back? Yeah. I mean, I said this at the time that even if they bring back Melvin, I'll still be behind Javante. Yeah. Um, obviously it does hurt his potential of being like a top five running back. Right. Um, and being ranked as such. So that probably is not in the case, but look, he's RB 17 right now. 
Um, on sleeper, he's picked 24 off the board. Mm-hmm. That's behind Zeke, um, behind Saquon, depending on how you feel about Barkley still, uh, behind Kamara, who I think you can make an argument there. But um, mm-hmm. I would take Javante over Zeke personally. Um, and I would definitely – Consider it over Saquon. I know some people either really love Saquon or really hate him. So his uh, ADP is kind of in a weird spot. But yeah, I mean, here where he's going right now, mm-hmm. third round, isn't that the perfect spot for Javante that you, you want to take round? him? Yeah. yeah Beginning of the third round, that but is still third a round. perfect spot. Honestly. That's like the prime breakout spot, right? Yeah. For those running backs that we think is going to be good, but we're not 100% sure. Right. Um, I think I think right there is perfect. Look, Javante, even with Melvin Gordon coming back, the Broncos were going to add a running back no matter what. They weren't going to go into mm-hmm. the year with Javante, and uh, I would have to pull up the depth chart, but it was not it was not pretty. So they were going to bring in a running back. Some people thought maybe the draft. Um, they did not draft a running back, and they end up bringing back Melvin Gordon, mm-hmm. who yes, he will get play time, and yes, uh, he will play. But people keep saying like uh, I'm seeing on Twitter a lot of people saying, well, it was a 50-50 split last year. Mm-hmm. It's not going to change. Melvin Gordon's still a really good player and all this. Melvin Gordon's, uh, it, he is a solid player, but at this point in his career, he's 29 years old. He just signed a one-year deal for $2 million. I mean, you could cut him at that salary. Yeah, He's not going to get, a, it's not going to be 50-50. They did that last year, mostly to ease Javante in as a rookie. And as the year went on, Javante proved that he earned, um, he earned the right to be in that spot. So I think this year with training camp as well, it's only going to get better for Javante. I think it's going to be more of like a 70-30 split. Yeah. And Javante did what he did last year on a 50-50. So if you give him that 70-30, yeah. heck, maybe even 75-25, Javante is going to be a really, really good back. Melvin Gordon will still have a role, absolutely. But um, Javante is still going to be fine. And their, their depth chart after Melvin Gordon was Mike Boone. So Mike yeah. Boone wasn't going to be the second running back on the team they were going to add somebody i think the other thing too that we have to consider as well is at some point like melvin has been good but at some point there needs to be like a conversation of like he's get he's 29 years old which is ancient for a running back at this point <laughs> he's, he's he's definitely getting there um yeah he's, he's definitely getting back there. Nine. Like, uh, running backs usually don't last after 32 33 years old at least as like a starter um, I would say once they hit 30, they're not usually starters. So it's like, you know, I could see early in the season there being a situation where Melvin is, you know, uh, 50-50 with Javante. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, to me, they're both kind of the same running back. So it's like I don't really understand what the purpose of having Melvin Gordon does besides just spell Javante Williams. Like, so I don't think Javante is going to be a three down back unless something happens to Melvin Gordon or gets hurt. But I still think based on what Rick was just saying with the amount of opportunities that he did have last year, Javante had 203 rush attempts, 43 catches. I mean, that's good numbers for just a generic running back. Um, you know what I mean? So like I would say that if he does what Rick says and gets, you know, 70, 75% of the snaps, you're going to see him in a conversation where he's like, maybe 250 rush attempts, maybe 55, 60 catches. Um, and, yeah. and, and that, that would probably wouldn't even be 70. That'd be like 65, which might also be. Yeah, but still, if it's totally 65, fine. 35 for Javante, yeah. that's still going to be worth it. 
But that would bump. I think that would bump him up based on a points per game basis, yes. um, and the fantasy point per opportunity up. You know, into the fourteen points per game conversation. Which not would, to mention Russell Wilson. That, does, <laughs> that yeah offense. right right that doesn't even that doesn't even put in Russell Wilson into the conversation of hey uh, this guy's going to make the offense way more efficient than it than it was so yeah at that at that rate I mean I would buy the dip too because you know I mean, yes yes people are going to be like oh well Melvin Gordon's still there and I know like I already know somebody in in our league multiple people who are probably going to be like oh Melvin Gordon or Javante Williams has got <laughs> snaps yada 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 and like more, more people are going to have that opinion of Javante as the season grows closer and this is a guy that you definitely should smash draft like this is not even a consideration for me like I'm going to be trying to get Javante in as many redraft leagues as I humanly can Yep. Easy money. Um, so he has number two. Are you good on Javante? Yeah, I was just going to say one last quick thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Broncos offense last year and points per game was bottom 10 in the league. Yep. Um, they were kind of middle of the pack slash closer to the bottom end yep. in yards. With Russell Wilson there, they could have a top six, top seven offense. And next uh, year. by the way, Javante had seven touchdowns in that offense. Yeah. <laughs> You might be able to double that next yeah. year. Honestly. Yeah. So Javante is definitely I, I think like Najee you're gonna have to pay for. Like he's gonna be a guy that obviously yes. top ten pick, first rounder, like he's gonna he's gonna be a guy you're gonna have Underdog to pay for. has him, I think RB eight. I mean not RB eight, pick overall eight. Yeah. RB5, so he's so. gonna he's gonna be a guy that you're gonna have to pay for. Javante as a third round pick gives me like Christian McCaffrey breakout year vibes. You know what I mean? Like he Coming out of that third round, he could definitely break into the top five or six. Sure. Um, and even if he jumps into that second round, I'm okay with that because if you get the, a similar breakout to what Swift had last year, you you know, I mean, that's great as well. So, Javante's not going to be on every. Uh, me and Rick are going to be battling for this man. Yeah, we Hopefully probably I draft before you, so that would be. <laughs> we ain't drafted him in the first round. So it's just whoever gets that second round pick, my guy. Yeah. But anyway. Fair um, number three is interesting because me and Rick battled over number three and four, but it's Travis Etienne from mm-hmm. the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. And we kind of get into the conversation of like some of these players are not like Etienne is a guy that I draft as as a as a you know, I, I don't know what his ADP is right now. I'm gonna check. Um, but he's a guy that I would draft a little bit later. He's going pick 51. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like late fourth in 12 team, yes. early fifth in 10 team. So, I mean, that's a little bit high in my opinion, but I think for Travis Etienne, um, it's definitely cheaper than some of the running backs you're going to get because you also see the other guy in that same backfield going right next to him at pick 52. And would you rather have Travis Etienne or would you rather have James Conner, who is going to miss six weeks to start the season most likely? I would take Etienne. Um, I think you just mixed up James Conner with uh, James Robinson. James Robinson is what I meant to say. But, uh, yeah, so I was looking at the total wrong person. Where is James Robinson getting drafted? James Robinson's still not kind of high, though. He's at pick 66. So it's not like yeah, I would. It's like I would a round rather difference. like Robinson ETN. might be a decent value, but um, ETN. I just read James. That's all I read, and that's that's what happened. 
Okay. James Conner is actually insane value there. I yeah, think, that's but. pretty good. Um, but anyway, <laughs> but Travis Etienne is is a kind of guy that I like. He was a first round pick in twenty twenty one, right? Is it twenty twenty one? Yes. First round pick in twenty twenty one. They drafted him. He's a pass catching running back. So in PPR leagues, that's a big value. And he has also played with, which I don't think a lot of people are talking about, but he's also played with and has experience with Trevor Lawrence because they both went to the same school. Um, So it's like, I don't know. I feel like this guy is going to be really good, but he also has a situation to start the season where, like I mm-hmm. said, James Robinson is going to miss time. And if that's the case, I think if that offense is a little more efficient this year, then you're going to see ETN take a leap um, with that offense and become really good. And if he takes that first six weeks and he he's just blowing the doors off, I don't think Robinson gets his job back. I really don't. So it just depends on how Travis ETN plays in the first six weeks of the season, but I'm going to bet on the talent and the first round pick that ETN was, um, as a situation where I'll draft him, and I don't, I don't mind drafting him at that fifty-one. Um, I wouldn't definitely not take him over the two guys that we listed first, but um, I would take him over the rest of the guys that we have here. Yeah, I agree with it. I definitely went back and forth hard, but at the end of the day, I, I agree with you. I think Etn, he just has that sort of, especially in PPR. He's got that kind of upside where he's playing with Trevor Lawrence's old college uh, teammate, and he's a pass catching back Ooh. who can do everything. So he can he can be a full workhorse if necessary. And James Robinson potentially missing the first couple weeks of the season is going to be huge for ETN, and he can really step right into that role and take control of it if he has a good first couple weeks. Um, mm-hmm. He's got that kind of ability, and in PPR leagues. You know, those first couple of weeks of season, we could see him getting like six, seven catches a game to go with like 14, 15 carries. Yeah. Uh, and if he does something like that, then watch out. He, he's going to be way better than what his value is. Um, so, yeah, I, I think just for the upside alone, I think ETN's the right call. And underdog has him even lower. I think underdog has him pick 58.8 oh, okay. right now, ADP. So, yeah, that's like that is clear cut fifth round. Um, even in a 12 team and that's that's where you want him right a little now bit I think. like it hurts a little inside to draft a guy like etn that high especially knowing that there is another running back there there is you but know? i mean you remember last year the running backs in the fifth round yeah that's true <laughs> it's like damian harris was the best one and yeah. chase edmonds um, and who knows Mike maybe Davis. etn goes higher but i like i said i think it's worth the shot of value I always like to make yes. sure, like, that at least for the couple weeks, you know, to start the season, ETN will be good. But um, I like to make sure that, like, the house, the core, like, foundation of the house that I'm building for fantasy football is mm-hmm. good. You know, the first five or six rounds are where you do that. That's where you get your starters. That's where you get, yeah. you know, your best players. And it, it hurts a little bit to draft ETN as, like, uh, okay – but sometimes that works. You know, rookie year yeah. for Jonathan Taylor. I did not want to take him in the fifth, sixth round, but people let him fall there. And I was like, okay. So I took him and it ended up working <laughs> out for me. 
Um, and it's like, if that's something that happens to ETN in, you know, in our, in our, um, redraft leagues, then I, I'm okay with taking him there just out of like, that's value. Well, even you know? like if you, if you're worried about James Robinson, just, I mean, we're so far away from the NFL season that we really don't know, but let's say he's out first four weeks of the season. Yeah. Draft ETN. And then if he has a monster week one, week two, mm-hmm. Trade him to a team that thinks he's the clear-cut guy and Robinson's going to do nothing when he comes back. And you can get, like, a top two-round value for him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. So you can you can play the game afterwards. Yep. But he's, he's a good pick there. I think if you're looking for running backs who, like, you're probably not going to get anything crazy in the fifth, sixth round. So ETN had definitely has the highest upside in that range. Agree. Uh, number four, quickly, uh, Elijah Mitchell comes in here. He was the guy that was close to ETN, but I think at the end of the day, there's some glaring concerns with um, Elijah Mitchell. Now, last year, he ended up finishing in PPR on a points-per-game basis in a... Excuse me. I'm, like, hiccuping right now. um, In a pretty good spot. He was 26th on the season in PPR, but on a points-per-game basis, he ended up being, like, a mid-range RB2. And so for for uh, Elijah Mitchell, obviously there's some things here. Earlier in the offseason, we were talking about how we were excited about um, his upside. He had on the season last year 207 rush attempts, 19 catches, six total touchdowns. Uh, I have the fantasy points per game like actual number right here in PPR. He's 14th in points per game mm-hmm. at the running back position. So like he had a lot of good things, and that was just in 11 games played. And so right. if you give him the other six, like he could be in the 250 to 260 rush attempt area and maybe the, you know, 20, 28, 29 catch area. And I think that would be a really good rookie season for Elijah Mitchell and would put him into that low end RB two. The question is, are we concerned about the current actions of the San Francisco 49ers? Yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. Uh, maybe not the current actions necessarily because the guy they drafted, I have no idea if he's going to do anything. Um, to be honest, I would bet he won't. But yeah. Kyle Shanahan is the type of coach to draft two running backs in the third round, mm-hmm. then use Elijah Mitchell all year, ne- all year the pre- previous year, and then this year start off with Trey Sermon and give him like 12, yeah. 15 carries or a game. Or the new rookie they drafted. I mean, the not round. Trey Sermon, uh, Jeff Wilson, or the new – any one of them, really, yeah. to be honest. Um, yes, Elijah Mitchell was – good last year and yeah he was the guy um i think it's good to look that in the playoff games mm-hmm. elijah mitchell was still the guy so they trusted him in the playoffs yeah um i, I think that's a good sign mm-hmm. uh he, he had a very high opportunity share i don't know if that's going to continue but look in terms of if he as long as he just keeps playing the way he is he's not going to give kyle shanahan any reason to go to someone else i mm-hmm. think it would have to take injury because that backfield kind of blows for being honest, unless you yeah. believe in Trey Sermon still. Right. Cause it's Jeff Wilson. It's the guy they just drafted. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's Elijah Mitchell. So Elijah Mitchell doesn't seem to have like any crazy competition. Yeah. It's just, it's really the concern of he was an undrafted guy. They drafted someone in the third round and it's Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. Like, what are they going to do? Is he going to consistently be the workhorse mm-hmm. from start to finish next year? I don't know. And that, that is the big reason why I put ETN ahead of him. Yeah, his ADP, too, uh, on underdog is 68. Um, which I is do like that. Basically, <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I like that, too. It's basically a 6th, 7th round pick. 
I like that as a flyer pick, especially in that range. And, yes. and um, I know a lot of people are like just over the last couple months, he has dropped um, 12 picks, 13 mm-hmm. picks. So I look at, I kind of look at this situation for Elijah Mitchell and see like, there's some upside. There's some good things that um, can come from, you know, him getting more opportunity. But the question is, does he get that opportunity? And, and that's the risk you're taking by taking him in the sixth or seventh round. Um, but I don't like that. They took that third round running back. That just makes me feel a little weird. Um, yeah. And last year, I mean, Mitchell beat out Trey Sermon and ended up being the feature guy. Um, and so that might happen this year again. It should happen. Uh, but there's also a chance that that, that new running back they drafted, they drafted with intention to give him at least more work. Um, either that or he's in here to replace Trace Herman. So it could go either way. That's kind of why he's fourth. I still am okay with drafting him. Like I said, at that ADP, that's totally fine. Um, worth the risk, uh, at that range. But anyway, and the number five guy, we really don't need to spend two and a half years on him is Ramondre <laughs> Stevenson. Michael Carter, Kenneth Gainwell do not make the list. I actually probably would say Kenneth Gainwell is the closest to getting into the Ramondre Stevenson slot, but sure. Um, I do like Ramondre. I'm not a huge fan of his opportunity. Um, we know Damian Harris is the red zone guy. Um, mm-hmm. We know Damian Harris is the first two down back. And Ramondre came in and had some really good games last year and was actually a fairly good running back. His ADP is 123.4. So he's after the first four guys is a massive drop off. He's more of like a role player than anything else at this point, unless the Patriots move Damien Harris or something like that before the season starts, which I don't think they'll do. I don't think um, they will either. He's too much of a locker room guy. Last year in 12 games played, he had 133 rush attempts, 605 rush yards, 123 receiving yards and 14 receptions. So um, if he does end up with a full gamut of opportunity, I see him kind of exploding and being a really, really good running back for the Patriots. Um, but with Damian Harris there and them splitting, I don't see much fantasy value. The only real value I see is the possibility that you take him as a handcuff to Harris and Harris gets hurt. That's kind of the way I view him. He's he's a kind of a higher quality handcuff for the New England Patriots. He, yeah, I agree. But he is a high quality handcuff because if Harris does get hurt, yeah. um, you know Stevenson is going to get all the goal line touches and will score on them. So he, he plays that bully ball style right, running back position. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has upside there. I think, honestly, too, there were times last year where Stevenson looked like the better player than Harris. Sometimes, yeah. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked if they were close to a split as well, which is why I'm kind of moving mm-hmm. off Damian Harris this year, uh, even though I was high on him last year. He's all touchdowns, and I don't think that changes for Harris, but... No, no, but his his efficiency and maybe no, some of true. his um, carries might, because mm-hmm. I do think Stevenson played pretty well last year. But yeah, in terms of standalone value, there's not too much there for Stevenson. But mm-hmm. if Harris does get hurt at all, watch out because I think Stevenson actually yeah. becomes a pretty good value. And if you're, I don't think Harris is a high enough commodity 
to be like, okay, you need to handcuff this guy. Yeah, he's not necessarily like a handcuff for Harris. Yeah, but I, I, I would draft him late in the draft as a, okay, I know this yeah. guy's not going to start week one, obviously. I know he's not going to be a guy that's going to be proficient in my, you know, on my team. It'll probably hit the waiver wire after, you know, after one week. But mm-hmm. if, if something happens to Harris and he ends up the feature back, then all of a sudden you're looking at Ramondre Stevenson as this big time player you know what i mean and um i think he Mm -hmm. can be a top 12 top 15 running back in fantasy football if he got that opportunity the problem is the opportunity and that's why he's pick 124 or whatever it was so yeah right but there you have it top five second year running backs Najah harris javante williams travis Etienne, eliza mitchell and then ramondre stevenson we also had michael carter and kenneth gainwell yeah, if you want to throw those guys in, I, I think Gainwell, decent pass catching option, but yeah, there's no real upside there. Yeah, so um, draft as you will with these guys. Lots of good second year running backs. We're gonna do break down some ADP on Thursday, guys. So we'll talk to you then. See you. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube, and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs.